I'm Les Carlson. This is part two of Everyday Life. Now, I, I, you, you noticed that if you were there last time for the first episode, we're still wearing the same clothes and the same hats because we're doing this all in one segment. We've just divided it up so it looks better. Frontline, Records, Rewind, Everyday Life, Ted, Jim, Eric, and Carl, and me. Let's do it! Okay, this, this is, uh, this is uh, Ted right here to my right. And uh, he is going to do a Frontline Records Rewind Screamo. Okay? This is, I mean, he's good at this. I got this. He's good. Frontline Records Kate was a great moment because we got to work with um, a, a singer and artist I'd always looked up to for a very long time. His name is Grady. He was in a band called Willhaven. And uh, it was a very rare opportunity where we recorded in the same city he lived in. 
everything lined up, made it happen. Um, and it was it just a song. Um, the chorus is, um, when I struggled to stand, you pushed me back to the floor, leaving me with this question, can I take it one day more? And, and the idea was, is that there is this, there's this constant need to just berate everybody, especially now. Like, so that was written in 1998. So the idea that there were social media boards and, and Reddit and every other social outlet that was out there to berate and, and under the mask of a screen name, tear people down, that didn't exist for us. So it was just point blank. I'm in the confidence of my friends at a show and I don't like what you said. So I'm just going to berate and belittle you. And it didn't matter how successful the show was. There was always somebody to come along with just whatever they said, just not nice people. But back then, at least you were responsible for looking them in the face and saying it. Instead of some, you know, on, you know, some, some, uh, trying to think of the best way to use it without getting all puffy chested, um, um, hiding under the shadows of some screen name. You, know, you had to look me in the face and go, I didn't like what you wrote. And it happened countless times. I'm really surprised I don't have an assault charge for one of them. I, 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 there was a time Ted went looking for fights after shows because it, so, it, so, it got to the point. Man, I wish I could tell the... I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay, here goes. Here's the, here's the big Ted's going to get in trouble part. This is exactly where Relocate comes from. This is why we love you, Ted. Nobody loves me. Yeah, everybody tolerates Jesus loves Ted. you. Then, yeah, everybody loves Raymond. The new show on Fox is Everybody Tolerates Ted. Because um, tolerance is not acceptance. Um, we wrote the song. We played this big music festival out and like had to have been like Madeira or uh, Fresno or something like that. And there was a band at the time, and, and the lead singer of the band was a pastor, and it was uh, he was the lead singer of a band called Modus Operandi, M.O. And he was on stage, and we were finally starting to feel ourselves, and we knew who we were as a band and what we were doing. And he got on stage and took that opportunity to just berate every single alternative music artist that was in the industry at that time. Um, you know, wish, wish-washy messages, wish-washy lifestyle, whatever that man had to say, he said it. And for anybody else, that's kind of that's kind of free space. You know, you got your hand on the tree, you're free. You can't touch me and I can't, you know, freeze tag, you can't do that. So <laughs> I was at this point where I was like, skip that dude. I'm going up there right now and go punch him in the mouth. I don't care if he's in the middle of the song or not. I'm going to knock that dude out. So from this grassy knoll, about 200 yards away, here comes Ted, clenched, just dun, 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 just walking like a little soldier. And I get about 20 feet from the side of the stage, and I'm sizing him up already. And he, I'm going to hit him, and he's going to fall. going to fall. <laughs> and <laughs> of all people, I want to say Rommel, but I know it's Alan now. Yeah, and, Alan. and Alan from Scattered Few and Spyglass Blue and all that. Steps in front of me, he goes, where are you going, brother? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to go up there and knock him out right now. He goes, I know. He's saying it to me the same way he's saying it to you, that he's saying it to MXPX, that he's saying it to Stavesacre, that he's saying it to all these other bands. Well, what good are you going to get out of that? I go, I'm tired of being berated. I'm tired of being put down. I'm going to make sure that he knows he can't treat me like that. And he goes, and I understand that. Why don't you just sit here for 20 minutes and see if you still feel that way? And so I did. I put my 
put my side on something else, walked away from it. And um, one of the lines in the song is, there's no pulpit microphone or soapbox that can release me from all of these locks. There's just nothing. It doesn't matter you know, what, what, what my catalyst for saying is. At the end of the day, whether I've been given a microphone or I've been given a soapbox or I'm standing on the corner and I'm doing street-level ministry or I'm talking about how great the Dodgers are even though they're not 500 yet. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is the fact that if I'm saying it and I'm saying it well, I'm saying it with conviction, I'm not wrong. That's it. But you have somehow found a way to berate me anyways. And so it was take that moment and relocate that vision, put it on somebody else because you're focusing on me and I'm gonna knock you out. Like even if it's with love, I'm just not gonna do it. And that's that's the premise of that song is there's all these great artists and all of these these great individuals in society that are speaking good words into people's lives and, and they're talking to you somehow. And I don't, I, it doesn't matter if it's you know your pastor down the street or if it's intended for somebody who doesn't fall in line with that and it's just somebody who's trying to motivate you on YouTube. You're saying something good. Why do you gotta find something bad? Why do you absolutely have to find something bad? It's just a man, fallible, completely as useful as he wanna be and completely as useless as he wants to be. So why are you taking these opportunities? You, yeah. you have this field of sight, you need to relocate it. And it was, and, and that song, I, I think that there's a reason why that song came into play. And there's a reason why I think it keeps finding itself in our set list. And I, I just, that's just personal. But yeah, that, relocate. It's in there because I like to scream. It's true. You <laughs> do it amazingly well. No. Do it amazingly well. Um, Jim, do this one. Do, do intro uh, Sunshine for us because that's the one we played. And uh, if there's anything about that tune that you enjoy, um, whatnot. I've played it a lot. I've played it a lot. It's always been a bunch uh, of times. A bunch of times over the years. Um, it's always been one of my my more favorite songs to play. And Jim, um, you're you're the present bass player. For I'm EDM. present, yeah. yeah, and was the last bass player. Longest standing. Uh, we, we, there was a time where it was like it was a running joke. Are we going to have a bass player today, or or you know? And there would always be somebody different, and and all of our friends was like, who's playing with you now? Um, I think it's important to mention. When we made jokes about making a calendar just of bass players. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Everybody gets their own month. Yeah. <laughs> spinal Tap comes to mind. Yeah. The drum yeah, I was going to say, he's the only bass player that hasn't exploded. That's yeah. what that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Green Goblin. <laughs> so, so, Jim, the name of this song is what? Well, we're talking about <laughs> Sunshine. Uh yeah, it's just been, always been a really fun song to play. I mean, it has just uh, it's just a, a real great grooving beat. It just just drives the whole time, and, and it's fun. And and for me as a bass player too, I mean, it's it's it kind of showcases the bass a little bit. So it's always been fun for me to tell get, get my them, own little spot. Tell them what we talked about earlier, though, when like you first came onto the band, and we sent you the advanced copy of the record. About that was the only song that you were listening. Oh, I listened to it over and over and over again, and and well, I, and again, I, I'm a very sentimental person, and and been in and out of, of different relationships and things like that that have affected me over the years, and um, and but you're not bitter. I, I, no, no longer. <laughs> no, no, not longer. at all. I, not like that I, guy I've that gone, almost I've got his nose I've gone through my moments of, of bitterness, <laughs> and actually, no, I I, I recently came to a, a huge epiphany of myself and. 
how people and instances change us. And uh, I've just recently realized at 45 years old that, that I can choose my own change. And, That's a good point. And all those things that I've become and, and, and don't like about myself. And I was thinking about it the other day and I was, um, I said, I want to be who I used to be. And then I started thinking about it again and I was like, well, I didn't like everything about that guy either. <laughs> I've learned a lot of things. I mean, I was, I used to, to me, I used to be a doormat. You know, I let people walk all over me and stuff. And I've gained a lot of strength over the years from those hard times and the good times the bad times. Victories, victories and, and tragedies. tragedies okay so oh, he's so good at that we keep doing this uh, we keep taking lines from every song it, it t- tells you that i actually listen to our music but uh <laughs> that's why you're in the band <laughs> yeah that's why you haven't exploded yet yeah exactly because <laughs> i actually cared yeah. but no we, we, we i'm gonna choose pieces of that old person i'm gonna choose pieces of this new person and then i'm kind of reinventing myself and uh it's made me a much much happier person, and but but uh, you know going back to the song, um, sunshine. I mean, it's it it was something that affected me. I just uh, you know it, it drove part of me at that time. Um, now I see it differently because my outlook has changed. You know, it, I right. I used to get down, and that's why I listened. I listened listened to it more because it was like that kept me in that place that I didn't need to be in. That's so, right. but you know, you learn over the years, and but I, I think we should uh, go ahead and listen to the song, "Sunshine." This is from uh, that's from Moment, Moment of Clarity. Moment of Clarity. Get you to become my friend again 
you kicked his hand, then I was dead Because in fact you couldn't become my friend again And why can't you take this hand, Relic Skin? Because in fact you couldn't become my friend again People hear the music featured on the Rewind shows. Well, a lot of people like to stream music these days on Apple Music, Spotify, and other digital music stores. And of course, downloads are available on iTunes and Amazon. And if you're a hardcore classic music appreciator, some physical CDs can be purchased on Amazon and our own website, FrontlineRecords.us. Wow. Very informative. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that I discovered... Uh, was that you guys, the church just loved you guys, right? I mean, the body of Christ just loved you guys, and everything was awesome, and really accepted it right out I of would, the gate. I would, I would absolutely well, love I am to being facetious, yes, of course. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I no, mean... Well, there, so, there were people that took it at face value, and there were people that, that just put up so much resistance. But, but see, I want to just say, from my perspective, and I you know, hope I don't lose it here, the way you explained resonance, this is where Jesus is. This right. is where he lives. Right. He is there for the b- broken, busted, rejected. Right. You know, he, he's there for us on that level, no matter how broken or how unperfect we are. He paid the price. And so when we go out and we preach how great the Savior is, and we, yeah, you know what? The Americanized version of Christianity doesn't have it together. It doesn't even come close to who Jesus was or is. And so when I hear this kind of thing, this kind of testimony, uh, I'm sorry that you went through it. It makes you better, though. But it it has impact. And you guys have been used in a a, a way that no one else could be used. Well, I I, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, we, we, We... one time, I, I think we all collectively had the realization that we uh, we weren't we weren't here for a traditional audience, you know. And and I've I've said it in interviews before that, you know, that it's necessary for songs of confirmation. You know, you need an El Shaddai, you need an awesome God, um, you need these songs, um, even even for them that. Don't don't wallow in this faith, this encompassing body of, of warmth and hospitality and love like we talked about. Um, 
there are those individuals out there that are just looking for a common voice. You know, it's, we, we, we find commonality in, in the things that are relatable. And so if you're, you know, if you're a dude who's like, man, you know, that song is awesome, Stars and Planets, when you wrote that one, we know what that means. Things line up. People, a groundswell doesn't stay stagnant. It moves and it's collective and it has inertia and, and it has, you know, promise and it can do great things. And a groundswell can also be very, very counterintuitive of what you think it should do. Um, and at the time that that came up and moments like that came up, uh, our groundswell was not in the Christian market at all. Um, very seldom did we ever find ourselves going out there and lifting up other Christians, and in in a very real in a in a very real and transparent way with you, I will tell you that's on purpose because we weren't there for them. Mm -hmm. um, and more importantly, I think, and if I'm talking out of turn, you're welcome to correct me. Um, we weren't in that for us for them. There was not a point where I said we're going to write this song, and this is going to just uplift the entire body, and we're going to go out there and get them. I, they weren't even on my radar. And you, you could say that, well, that's, that's a little crude and I'm not going to argue with you. That's a, that's a decent argument. But when, when the church is saying, three o'clock every day we're having college study group and you look at the college study group and it becomes very successful because you're within blocks of a campus. And there are those individuals that are trying to find that resonance, that place, that, that stability something, a common voice that creates groundswell. A college group is a great analogy for that. You know, there's, there's a biblical reference, there's, there's community, there's upliftment, there's things like that. But at the time when you're telling me one in three women will be sexually assaulted in their life between the ages of 21 and 28, then who's to say if you don't have 15 girls that are in your college group, the hardest walk that they'll ever make is going out to the car in the parking lot of the church. Devastating. Well, I didn't write it for her because she was in a college group. I wrote it in her, I wrote it for her because she now has to rationalize the fact that she got raped in a parking lot in middle America and nobody heard her voice. And so that song was for her. Um, and that's why we wrote Touched. And it was one of those things where it's like, you know what? And it's very not Christian and, and I desperately apologize for it. But if no means no, and it's, it's my body, my choice to accept those sexual advances or not accept those sexual advances. There are women out there that are having that forced on them. And so instead of taking the, there's promise, there's praise, there's hope, there's love, there's redemption, forgive the sinner. I just said, look, I'm going to take the role of a very upset, frustrated woman. I'm gonna put myself in the exact moment that she's being intruded on and I'm going to say to him the things that I can't say out loud because he's over me. And that song was never intended to be anything more than just a song of empathy. And it's still completely unrealistic for me to go, I totally understand where you're at. I will never, ever in my life understand where I'm at. But if I can give that moment a voice, and there is a girl that's struggling with it, and she's in front of her pastor trying to, you know, trying to say that, or she's at the dinner table trying to confide that, you know, the, the, the kid that she went out to, you know, homecoming dance with got a little grabby. 
somebody had to tell that story too. And unfortunately, that story didn't fall on a lot of good ears. You know, where, where's our, you know, 15 Jesuses per song that we can validate, you know, your, your, your record for your Christianity. And yet it shows Jesus in the song because Jesus is concerned about that one event, that one horrible right. experience, the brokenness, and, and, and so here it is. Touched, Touched off American standard. I will pray for alleviation As it continues I can feel the hate inside I wish that my feelings could lie A victim of an act of outright selfishness Now how can this be bliss? I know the innocence is something that I once had My heart bleeds so bad I only inherit the filth that he calls a gift I try to resist but he still resists American Standard record is... Oh, gee, this is the toilet, right? Oh, you know about that. Okay, cool. We can talk about that. Yes. Yeah, the American Standard Don't record. Don't tell me it sounds like 
Yeah. No, no. no. Oh, we never oh, okay. No, no, it's awesome. No. It was yeah. produced with uh, Mike Nod and Gene Eugene, and uh, man, that was... I didn't um, say the word. I mean, it was an awesome uh, recording experience to be with those guys, and I think uh, at that time of EDL where we were, that record uh, fully encompassed what we did live. It's so you're raw, happy about it's this, gritty. Right? Um, uh, we have some very heavy-duty tunes on there. Uh, uh, social commentary, uh, uh, touched is on there. Uh, Transcend is on there. A very positive, uh, life-affirming song of of just what it takes to, you know, just, it's an, an incredible tune. Um, transcend. Yeah, Transcend. And, and, and who wrote Transcend? Uh, who are the, who are the... Musically, you did. I, that was one of the songs where it's like, I don't think anybody heard the lyrics until we actually started recording that. Yeah. Um, but we want to hear it now. We want to hear it now. Yeah. Transcend, EDL. So do you, if you know... The song just moves me in a way. So if you can which elaborate is, a little which bit. Which is weird because I never thought that that song had that kind of traction with you. No, that song rules, dude. No, I, but I'm like now that we're back together, I'm like realizing like there's songs that you're like, hey, I actually have like an affinity to, you know, affinity to that. Yeah. Which I think is awesome because like Transcend was one of those songs where it's, Transcend was one of those songs where, you know, like I said, none of us ever were in the communities of the music that we played. There wasn't, you know, this rap core community that we were all super tight with. Um, and so Transcend was kind of one of those songs where it's like there is this this group of goth kids and and music was becoming, their, their music was coming into light and it was discovering some popularity. And I saw all these kids that looked like they had, you know, this sadness and this depression and and this kind of, this need to not forfeit self for the sake of growth. And um, what's the lyric? Days, uh, days and nights pass and I ask myself, why do I give in to dark happiness and why try? Why, why do I give in to this happiness that, you know, the worse it seems, the better I feel. The validation comes from it being worse before it's better. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, the, the glass is not only half empty, it's just vacant. And... There's some comfort to somebody out there. The idea that the glass will never be full can still be inspiring and encouraging. And you could say, well, then that's actually the optimist. It's quite the opposite. It, to look at the pessimist and go, that glass is just about useless. I'm going to turn it around and make it and validate it for what it has. Seeing it for what it has. Well, the glass is half full. Okay. Well, the glass is half full, but it doesn't half satisfy the thirst of somebody else. The pessimist goes, glass is half empty, but there's still sustenance in there. And so the idea was to tell the story that, you know, yes, I come across dark and brooding and sad and frustrated and all of these things. But, you know, the smile that I have is for the fact that I'm in this and I'm looking past this. The sadness comes from the fact that you're looking at this and you see only this. And it was, there were a lot of great bands like, like um, Alika 
and clank. And, and, and I say that, say this to get to a point that, you know, I'll, I'll give some transparency about myself, um, that didn't reflect very well on the band. Um, as we got into American standard, so did the increase in what our message was, um, with HM and the pure rock report and all of these publications that were talking about it. And we were surrounded by this great community of people. Um, Kev131 and Laurel from Alika, uh, Clank, Buka and the whole um, uh, Cell Dweller and what he was doing with Circle Dust and even what Baloo was doing with Chatterbox. Chatter Good on you, boy. Um, <laughs> with Chatterbox, they, they were communing, uh, communicating a very, a very dark message. And in, in all transparency, that was my hope to keep up with them. Um, but one of the points where it became extra super personal is that Focus on the Family had written an article that they said their references were all of the same artists that I just mentioned and how this new uh, depression rock or this industrial dark metal had no relevance in Christianity whatsoever. It was this crazy bigoted voice that was coming through this publication and somebody gave it to me because they had mentioned people that were my friends. Um, so I called up Paul Del Judas, who was working at the label at the time. And I said, hey, how do I get a hold of these people at Focus on the Family? And he goes, what are you going to do? <laughs> I said, I just really need to talk to them. And this is where, when you listen to that song and you hear the fight in that song, this is where that comes from. Not my best moment. I'm going to say that before we even start this. Not my finest moment. But to this day, I'll stand behind that moment. And it was this. Got the number to focus on the family. Well, with Christian publications, it's, it's like following a celebrity that only has 37 followers. All you got to do is tag them on something. They're going to respond. So it was really easy to get a hold of somebody at Focus on the Family. So I got a hold of the guy who wrote it. And I said, I'm paraphrasing, probably making it up. It probably sounded tougher when I first did it. Um, I'm probably just lying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I called him up and I said, you know, what was your point of reference? Did you even talk to these artists? Absolutely I did. And uh, somebody had suggested, you know, maybe you don't want to print what Clank had to say. Maybe you don't want to print what this guy had to say or this girl had to say. Um, so I told a very objective story without using them as references because if I had, they would have just proven the fact that it was, there's no place for this. And I said, your job as a reporter is to report what is being said, not your opinion on what the interpretation of that saying is. I go, you wrote a false article. You de I demand a retraction from you on behalf of these artists. Well, who are you to say that? I said, well, listen here. You going to be at Cornerstone this year? Yeah, I'm going to be at Cornerstone. I go, good. I'm looking for you. I'm going to make that nose crooked. So shut up and fix it. And I threatened him. I was literally one of my agendas to go to Cornerstone is to make that man's nose crooked. I was going to square up with him because at that point it got crazy personal. Um, to think that that one man on behalf of a collective voice could, you know, I'm, I don't want to make it overtly, you know, angelic or Christian or anything like that. But what I do want to say is this. That one man took on a voice of a community that didn't even exist. He looked at darkness and saw no light. And it's the focus record. Darkness is not the opposite of light. 
It is the absence of it. Absence of it. So what he did was he robbed presents. He took presents from a community that he he hid behind that didn't know he existed. He said something in this cloak of support, and there's a whole community of kids that deserve to hear what the heck that story was and defend themselves against this perceived doom and gloom, you know, the Eeyore syndrome, and he was wrong. And that man still, and if you're listening, I'd like to talk to you about it, still deserves to have his nose a little bit crooked because you just, you don't get to say that. And so that was, that was, that, again, not my finer moment, Mm -hmm. but how dare he, you know? And, yeah. Anyways. So, I'm getting puffy chested right now. Like, yeah, yeah. You know so, what? So we're going is, outside. We're going to kick somebody's butt yeah, yeah. right now. Let's start a fight. Yeah, Let's go pick up a let's car. start with an arm wrestle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know what, dude? That's just being transparent. That's just being, you know, putting your heart out there. Yeah.
Adele, I heard something about critics, uh, you know, critics' corner on Frontline Records. I mean, is is that like uh, rotten tomatoes? Well, usually fans of our Rewind show or our amazing Frontline artists write encouraging reviews. No rotten ones that I've seen. I hope not. They also get to select a free album download as a thank you. Wow. Can I get a free album download also? Sure. Just go to frontlinerecords.us and write something nice about me, and I'll make sure you get something nice. Oh, it's easy to write nice things about you. Oh, you're so nice. Uh, recording uh, American Standard, um, we had an opera. We played, uh, I think it's called the Galaxy Theater in Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa. The Galaxy Theater in Costa Mesa. Um, we performed uh, Deprived off American Standard at that show and um, there's a great breakdown section in Deprived and it's real quiet and um, there was probably three or four thousand people it's a big venue uh, but we we performed it and um, um, we got to that part of, uh, of Deprived where it's real quiet and still and we wrap up the song um, but uh, after that performance we were all like there's some magic that happens in that song, Deprived, live. Uh, and we all, it was like one of the first times we performed it live, so it was probably an album release party, but the magic of the middle part of Deprived when it gets quiet, um, the band as a whole, when we first experienced it, was that was really, really heavy duty. So I hope you dig it too. Here it is, Deprived, DDL. Frontline Records Rewind. Well, please. 
10.45 and you take your spot in the pew, oblivious to the fact that all eyes are on you for an injustice that you covered up for pride, hoping to them you know that someone lied, but frivolous are the ways of selfish nature. To bear the thought of them knowing they'd hate you. Still right now, how bad do you hate yourself when three can't be family and one's dead with no help? Um, we had a guy in the band um, that was dating a girl. Dating. And he was in the band. And the girl was a little bit younger. Um, the girl's family was very prominent in the church. And it was a big one out in Riverside. And I won't name the names because they don't deserve the credit. Um, but for the sake of vanity and stature within the church... Um, they uh, they kept, kept a very careful eye over this girl. And uh, this guitar player at the time and this girl did things that make babies. And by that, I mean he kissed her on a full moon eating a salmon patty just after walking around the block because that's where babies come from. I didn't know if you knew that. Um, yeah. I do now. I, yeah. <laughs> make you rethink those salmon patty sandwiches you've been eating. Um, but, the, you know... Two kids fell in love, and out of wedlock and everything else, they went through the process of, of having a child. Um, and we learned very shortly after that she aborted that child. Now, you would think, this is the song about abortion. This is where they talk about abortion is wrong, and how dare you, and it's a life, and it's everything else. But that's not what the song is. The song is about the vanity of a family and a church that would silence a voice for the sake of keeping their stature in the church that first pew syndrome is ridiculous to me that that your that whatever your belief is is completely expendable at the point of your own vanity and your own in your own gratitude of your church that you would rather look better in your pastor's eyes than look better in in the eyes of the lord and and you know especially in the pulpit you know you're you're i know i know it seems unrealistic and oh my gosh I can't believe I'm going to say it but your tide doesn't wash you of your sins yeah. I don't care how much you're putting in the basket you're still a jerk that's just being honest oh, I think God got that yeah that you, I, mean, sweet. I, I think he didn't hide Lord it from God they may have hid that from the community and right. from the church and the pastor right but God didn't miss that one but, like, it's, uh, it's like really but that's, but that's the thing is, is that it's that vanity this poor girl went through this, you know, body-changing experience. And we don't know what her intention was. We don't know whether the intention of this kid was to marry her, make it right, build up a family that would have been pleasing to the Lord. We don't know that. Because out of the sake of vanity and out of the sake of stature in the church and that first pew syndrome sets in, they robbed that. And that was this that was the story that we wanted to tell we didn't we didn't want this to be a, a song about abortion or you know when it's legal when it's not legal what Roe versus Wade does what any of that does it, that story has been told a thousand times and I wasn't going to tell that story but I did know that there was something else that needed to be said and that was for the sake of vanity you're willing to kill and to me it's just an atrocious thought but again thanks to our record company and, and, you know, Alarma and Frontline and, and KMG and all the same company, obviously, and big deal. You know, these people throughout with Paul Del Judas and Michael Black and John Davis and and Frank Cimento and Buddy and, and, um, and uh, Kent, all of these people saw that we had a message, saw that we had something to say that was very non-traditional.
We had a message, and you know, we could probably wrap up on that. Is is that, you know, I I'm very fortunate. You know, I, I I'm a founding member of a band that took liberties, and I've had great people like Jim Roop around me, and 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 you know, Curtis and you know and, and Sean and Defrom and all of these great artists around me that have said, say what you want. And it didn't come with conditions and it didn't come with preset morals or preset beliefs. We told social commentary the best we could. And that we wanted to be a part of it. I, I'm thankful. <laughs> I'm really thankful. I think that that's, that was probably the, one of the strongest points with Frontline from the beginning is they, they were really looking for people that were on the edge that loved Jesus, loved God, but yeah. had a perspective that included areas that nobody had ever... Talk, well, yeah. I mean, go back. I mean, let's, we still let's, live in the world. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not not to go into gratuitous advertising or anything, but I mean, let's run the catalog. Well, let's go a you little know, bit. I mean, in let's there. let's run the catalog. Poor Loose Sin, groundbreaking record. There are songs to this day if you played it on the radio. Uh, Straight Six, that EP is phenomenal. What they said on that record made absolute sense. Um, the first Mortal record, incredible. Um, Oh gosh! Uh, now it's getting away from me. The Weatherwing projects, amazing things were being said in those records. You know, it so many great opportunities. The Mortification records. Steve didn't tell a bad story once. You know, there's there's so many great artists that came from that. Even one that nobody knows about, like Few Loose Screws. It that it maybe went like double wood. I don't know, but <laughs> but the fact is. Those dudes had a great story to tell. And because they told that story well enough, somewhere along the line, somebody said, you know, Dave Borbin, in you know, his infinite wisdom, probably said, yeah, we got $20,000 that we can throw at this. You know, and, and, and Bloodgood and all of these great bands. And whether it was, you know, the $40,000 we spent on Disgruntled, I think we did 55 on American Standard. We shot the load on $139,000 or something like that for a moment of clarity, whatever it was. And I think we spent like $6.83 on the fourth record. Yeah. Thanks, Diamante. Um, Gee, I'm feeling really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Bloodgood never got more than 20 grand. Yeah. Well, and that dude, included the food, dude, you, the travel. <laughs> yeah. The, the old owner of... of, of we uh, sold front, more records than anybody, I think. The old owner of Frontline used to give used to tell us about incentives. Somewhere. For, used to tell us incentives for coming in under budget and coming in ahead of schedule. And hold your breath. Um, but you know, do your research. Go out to the wiki page and look at the Frontline Records thing and look at that catalog. There's not a lot of artists out there that skimped, and there's a lot of money. I mean, it's got to collectively be at least fifty three million dollars worth of records over the vast history of Frontline. And there's, I'd, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to say that there's a clunker. You know, I, when we came up and the people that were around us at the time that we were at the offices every day, when they were holding our hands and helping us understand the difference between a mechanical royalty and a writer's royalty and explain to us why we could get paid here, but we couldn't get paid here until here. 100% transparency. 
Now, whether or not we signed a bad contract or a good contract is on us. We had to pay attention. But fortunately, with Frontline, there was that opportunity to go back and go, can I look at my contract? Yep. Look under E for everyday life. You can go pull it out yourself and take a look at it. And there never felt like there was anything that was off the market. We took a lot of amazing flights and did a lot of amazing things and went to some really great places that, as myself, a kid on welfare, would have never gotten to go to because the record company believed in us to say, you guys have a very un unbelievable music genre that you're helping build or create or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's throw money at that and see if it see if it does the right thing. And we got very lucky. And I we we found a community that met us halfway with our music and our style and things like that. And we got to be us. And because we're us, we get to be here now, 15 years later, going, who wrote this? Why does it sound like this? What the what was I thinking? You could have stopped me, but did you? No. no. We spent a bunch of money and recorded it. And now look at us. We have no idea what we're doing. Okay, so wow. I mean, I'm 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 almost out of breath. <laughs> Just hanging with these guys. I actually got to see them live and they hadn't been playing for fifteen thousand years. Oh, it was fifteen years, but it they actually sounded great and moved me, by the way. So uh, I've enjoyed the show. I hope that you do. God bless you out there. Les Carlson saying goodbye from Frontline Records Rewind. Rewind.